This episode of MB's Five for the Hive was originally recorded December 9th, 2021. My name is Megan Brett Hamilton, and I'm the host of the podcast Honeybee Connection by MB, where I talk about language, culture, communication, and identity. At the end of my conversation with my guests, I ask them five questions. I ask them the same five questions. Here's what they said. Now, okay, so now don't go anywhere. You still got MB's five for the hive. Okay, so. Jay, that was good. Okay. MB's five for the hive. Here we go. This is with Gerald Jackson. First question. What is your definition of race and what race or races do you identify with? So you're going to start off heavy hitting, huh? <laughs> Boom, right in the face. Right <laughs> what there. is it? What do you um, think it is? <laughs> if I was to define race, um, it's a group of people that have certain characteristics, primarily physical in nature, because when we start to think about traditions and culture, you start to move into ethnicities and things like that. So I would say it's more of the physical characteristics. I'd also say that it's something that's a construct that has been developed by people who rule societies and and develop these things as a way to just identify people and to place people in different rankings, for lack of better words, um, in our society. Now, I think that there are negative aspects to race, but I also think that when you claim the positive aspects of who you are as a group of people that kind of helps to negate those systematic approaches to defining people. But I think just at the core though, it's, it's the physical attributes of people. So skin color, hair texture, body type, facial features, those kinds of things. That's how I would define it. Um, I identify as the race of being black. Um, Some people say African-American. And it's interesting too, because if we look back at our family's lineage, I guess I'm supposed to say that somewhere along the line, I'm mixed, right? Because (laughs) there's clear, I mean, not that very far back in my family lineage, like my great grandparents were, um, were one of them was white. Um, Me too. So there's that (laughs) part as well. Um, So, but I identify as black. Awesome. Okay. Now, number two, Mm -hmm. what is the right way to speak? The right way to speak. The right way to speak. Um, man, this could go down so many paths. But I know, because you're also a speech language pathologist. Like when I ask my friends who aren't speech language pathologists, the answer is very different. And so I'm like, oh, look, someone in my same field. <laughs> right. So to speak is to express yourself using language um, in different, whatever mode that is. But I, I don't think there's there should not be a right way to speak. It should be however you believe you should express yourself in whatever means that you want to express yourself. However, we also know that in society, there are these invisible norms on how to speak. So standard English, standard this, standard whatever, um, where many dialects are appreciated and many dialects are not. So, um, I personally don't believe that there's a right way to speak. Um, I think that whatever expresses your thoughts, your ideas in the way that you feel most comfortable and the way that you have the right to do that. Um, But there's not a right way to speak. Okay. 
So then how would you describe the way you speak? Um, I just, I think I, if I say how I communicate, I communicate in ways that get points across and that's going to allow me to move around in different environments. And um, so I think about myself in the way that I speak professionally. I think about the way that I speak mm-hmm. with, when I can take all of those layers off and be my most comfortable self with those who I'm most um, around. But I also think about the way that I speak um, when I am in other arenas. So people who I know, some people who I don't know, just mixed company. Um, but the way that I speak has always been a topic of conversation. I find it to be interesting and um like I said, I've been told before that I speak white, whatever that means, um, that I speak proper, whatever that means. Um, are you black with the way you speak? Yes, I am black mm-hmm. with the way that I speak. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all of those, all of those things. But, you know, I can take off. I can take off my, uh, you know, my speak and I can go back home to Louisiana and just talk and just kind of drop endings and just be like, you know, this is what we do. This is how we do it. I'm about to go down the street. You know, I'm about to go make my groceries, you know, whatever kind of things, you know, I, want, I can do whatever I need to do. Um, right. But I, I think the way that I speak is is depending on the situation and depending on what my needs are and how mm. I want to express myself in a given moment. I like that needs part. Okay, here's an interesting one for some people, I guess. I like it. (laughs) What does your hair mean to you? Hmm, My hair. Well, now that it's graying, it's meaning that (laughs) I come from a family who goes, quote unquote, white before they turn 50. (laughs) So I'm I'm well on track to to meet that Uh expectation. And just FYI, for people who can't see, he touched his beard. He didn't touch the top of his head. <laughs> that's been that's been going on since I was sixteen. The white Ooh, in okay. my hair, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but the white in the beard has like really surprised me because that has like taken over the most. Um, but I think hair is you know it's a, it's a mode of expression for for many people. For me, um, I've tried different ways of looking at my hair. You know, here's something interesting about hair in our family that has been a thing like and, and probably is in, in the black community as a whole talking about good versus bad hair. And uh-huh. so I've been a part of many conversations to where, oh, you know, I mentioned to you earlier that people have said I spoke white. My, you know, that you must have a white dad. Well, the texture of my hair lets people think that my hair is a good grade of hair. It lays down, it waves up, it does whatever. It, it spikes up if it needs to, um, if it's not if it's not controlled. Um, so I must have white somewhere in there and that makes you good. Um, and it's just been interesting to have that kind of conversation because growing up, it just was not something that we really talked about. So you take care of your hair, you get it cut. You, help, you know, the health you, of you your hair, hair right? Hair. Yeah, you take, yeah. you keep it healthy, you keep it shiny, right. you have to put right. the oil and the grease in it to make sure it, you know, <laughs> does what it needs to do. And um, it just wasn't until later that I realized it was such a big deal. And then there's also the discussion of professional hair. And, you know, don't... Don't wear your hair in these. Like, I do remember those kind of things. Like, don't go to a job with your hair looking all crazy. Don't, you know, and it was kind of one of the things, like, the thing to do was to keep a low cut. Don't let it get mm. too out of control. Don't let your hair grow out too much. And I'll never forget one time I let my hair grow out, and I kind of had this afro bobbish kind of look. And I remember oh, my grandmother saying, I know, right? <laughs> my grandmother saying, oh, no, I know you're not going around those people with that hair looking like that. You need to do something with that. And I was like, okay, grandma, whatever. I know, <laughs> you know I know. Like, 
Um, I think hair is just a is a is a way that you can also express yourself, and I just find it to be fascinating how we as black people can find so many ways to express ourselves with hair. Nope, I like yeah. that. Yeah, it took me a while to to own to that and embrace that. it. To be honest, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, my last question. Again, you're speech language pathologist, so this and you've worked in the schools, so this is interesting to me. In your opinion, why do some people have a hard time learning how to read? Mm. Good question. I think there could be a number of factors. Um, Literacy in this world is equated to having a level of privilege and power. And I think that there might be some intention on certain groups who don't have access to learn those skills for literacy. I mean, we look at historical perspective of who was given access and who was allowed to read and why. Um, I think that there are some aspects outside of, you know, things that may prohibit someone from learning to read, like disability or ability. Um, I think access is a huge part as to why many people have a problem learning to read. And um, there was a time when I remember asking my mom, and then later as later as I grew up, I just asked some other friends of mine, like, do you remember what the first time, like, how did you learn to read? Does, do you remember learning to read? Um, Mom, when did I, how did I learn how to read? And no one could really explain to me. It's like, for me, I woke up one day and I had these words in front of me and I was just able to do it. And then as I've gone I've gone through my educational process and seen that there have been people who struggle with that. And I have had the hardest time understanding why, mm-hmm. because it seemed like it was something I woke up one day and was able to do. And mm-hmm. then as I've gone back to reflect on it, it's like, no, I was exposed to things. I was dropped off at the library as a kid because I asked to go. I remember, you know, being just so curious. And I remember now as I think back, like hearing my mom's voice, and I couldn't even tell you how old I was with her reading stories to me, um, just hearing her voice. And so it's probably been something that's been there forever for me um, because it was something that's valued. But as I've seen children grow up year after year, get all the way to high school and can't do anything but write the first four letters of their name and then tell me what it's supposed to say and then write these strings of letters that mean nothing, but they can, for some reason, tell you that this is what this is supposed to say. I just, I recognize that there's somewhere along the line, someone has lost access to, or wasn't given access to what it means to become literate. So I, I think that while there may be some factors that exist that we don't have control over, for the most part, we aren't sharing access to all to become literate. I like that. Thank you. Thank you for that. All right. We are done. We have had a good conversation. We have dug. Again, I'm going to process this one. (laughs) I'm going to talk about some stuff. But I want to say thank you so much for coming on and being my guest and just for sharing.